beauty. When we try to conceptualize the term beauty, we usually think of what is pleasing to the senses. However, the fact is that beauty is only truly appreciated when it's contrasted with something unpleasant. This seems to be stressed when we examine beauty in the Qur'an, when we take a look at it and analyze it from the Qur'anic lens. Interestingly, the word jameel, beauty, beautiful, it occurs seven times in the Qur'an. The first example, what's going on? The context is talking about the purpose of your life. Allah Ta'ala says, وَمَا خَلَقْنَا السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضَ وَمَا بَيْنَهُمَا إِلَّا بِالْحَقِّ And we have not created the heavens and the earth and that which is between them except in truth, with purpose, with meaning. This is implied, بِالْحَقِّ With a actual, real purpose and meaning in truth. Then Allah Ta'ala says what? And by the way, what is the purpose of our life? To worship Allah. Allah is saying, I have not created this vainly. I've created this, this for a purpose. And we know that our purpose is to get to know and to worship Allah Ta'ala. Then Allah says, وَإِنَّ السَّاعَةَ لَآتِيَةٌ And indeed the hour is coming. And then Allah says, فَصْفَحِ الصَّفْحَ الْجَمِيلِ So forgive and depart with gracious forgiveness. This verse can be separated into three parts. The first part is talking about your purpose, which is to worship Allah. Then the second portion is talking about what? Accountability. Saying, indeed, the hour is coming. What does that mean? That the penalty for those who fail to fulfill their purpose is indeed coming. In other words, you have to fulfill your purpose and some won't. But don't worry, they have their penalty coming. And therefore, now that you understand your purpose and now that you understand accountability, what is the third part of this ayah? Allah says and gives instructions. What is the instruction? Forgive and graciously depart from those who are hostile to your mission. What is the lesson here? The lesson is that sometimes people are going to be harsh with you and you want to exact revenge upon them. The first question that you have to ask yourself, however, is will revenge contribute to the overall purpose of my life? No. Number two, will Allah Ta'ala hold them accountable? Yes, so I don't have to. Yes, Allah Ta'ala will hold them accountable. And therefore, what is the conclusion? Kindly disengage and forgive and focus on your purpose. This is the first example of what it means to be beautiful. The first example of beauty. People are harsh towards you. Forgive, depart, let it go, and focus on your ultimate purpose. Focus on the reason why you exist. And recognize that any injustice that was done to you, they're going to have to deal with that with, between them and Allah Ta'ala on Yawm Al-Qiyamah. I need to focus on my objective in life, to worship Allah Ta'ala. That's the first example. The second example is what? The context is about the beginning of prophethood. The beginning of da'wah in Surah Muzammil, which is part of the early revelation. And the Prophet ﷺ was busily hurrying around, going from place to place, trying to do what? Trying to spread the message of Islam. And in this context, Allah Ta'ala says what? رَبُّ الْمَشْرِقِ وَالْمَغْرِبِ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا هُوَ فَاتَّخِذْهُ وَكِيلًا That Allah is the Lord of the East and the West. In other words, wherever you go, East, West, up, down, doesn't matter where you go. Allah Ta'ala is the Lord of everywhere. لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا هُوَ That there is no deity except Him. So take him as the disposer of your affairs. In other words, depend upon Allah. He will handle things. Trust in Allah Ta'ala. Look at us. We know that if we get into a bus, we can sit while the bus driver drives and we're comfortable. Meanwhile, we don't know who he is. We don't know how good his skills are. When we get into a ship, we don't know who the captain is, and yet we're comfortable on the ship. We just assume that things are going to go well. When you get into a plane, you don't know who the pilot is, you don't know him personally, you don't know his capability or his intentions. You don't know if the person's maybe a little bit not all there. You don't know, but yet you feel comfortable in the plane. And so, what is the lesson here? 
Why don't you relax in your life while you know that Allah Ta'ala, the Almighty, Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala is the one who is in control. Trust your Lord, He is the best of planners. And then Allah says what? وَاصْبِرْ عَلَى مَا يَقُولُونَ وَهْجُرْهُمْ هَجْرًا جَمِيلًا Allah says what? And be patient over what they say and avoid them with a gracious avoidance. Hajara means to what? Muhajir, right? Somebody to depart, to leave from. So here's the second example of beauty. What does it mean? This ayah, it has two portions to it. Imam al-Razi says it very beautifully, rahimahullah, he says, this verse encapsulates both possible da'wah scenarios. The first portion is that you call people to Islam and you endure with what they say because what? It's having some sort of a benefit. You're patient with this person. You keep calling them to Islam. You're patient. You keep discussing. Why? Because you see that there's a benefit. And soon, inshallah, maybe they will embrace Islam and begin to worship Allah. That's the first scenario. Be patient with what they're saying. Because maybe they'll turn to Allah. But then the other possibility is what? You see that the da'wah is becoming unproductive. It's only getting worse and worse. The person's becoming harsher and meaner and more rude. And so what should you do? وَهْجُرْهُمْ هَجْرًا جَمِيلًا at that point, what should you do? Depart from them in a non-harsh, non-abrasive way. Depart to go do what? This is again in Surah Muzammil. And Surah Muzammil is entirely about what? Worshipping Allah at night. So when Allah says, وَهْجُرْهُمْ هَجْرًا جَمِيلًا Depart from them, Allah is saying what? Go away from these people and focus on your own worship with Allah. Pray to Him sincerely. Pray a few rak'ah in the night. Make dua to Allah alone. Why? What is the idea here? Allah Ta'ala begins by saying, Ya ayyuhal muzammil, qum al-layla illa qalila. And even at the end of the surah, the final ayah, Allah is talking about Allah knows those who pray at night, those who worship Him alone. So this whole surah is telling you what? Ultimately what? That you are calling this person to Allah's worship, and if it works, great, they will worship Allah. And if it doesn't work, then you yourself go and worship Allah alone. You yourself, go do exactly what you were calling to. Unfortunately, sometimes we give da'wah, we call people to Islam, and then they reject the message, and we ourselves are missing our salawat. We ourselves are not doing our worship. Subhanallah. You call them, and if they accept, they will worship. And if they do not, then you go. Go make a beautiful departure from them. Why is it beautiful? Because you're going to be alone with your Lord. That's what makes it beautiful. The third example is in the context of divorce. In general, obviously, this is a contentious time. Not always, sometimes people can make it somewhat amicable, an amicable departure, but generally speaking, you'll find that it's quite a contentious time where everybody involved is on their worst behavior, unfortunately. What does Allah Ta'ala tell us? We find two ayat in Surah Al-Ahzab. One of them is commanding to the Prophet and the other to the believers. Allah says, Ya ayyuhan nabiyu, O Prophet, قُلْ لِأَزْوَاجِكَ إِن كُنْتُنَّ تُرِدْنَ الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَزِينَتَهَا فَتَعَالَيْنَا Allah Ta'ala says what? O Prophet, say to your wives, if you should desire the worldly life and its adornments, then come to me. Ta'alain. This is a beautiful statement. You think that when people are thinking about divorce, they're thinking, I don't want to talk to you, I don't want to see you, there's so much tension. Ta'alain. Come, let's talk. Disarm. Let's sit down. Let's have a conversation. What does that mean? It means to equip with goods, to give mata'. So I'm going to equip you with goods. Also, mut'a means joy. I'm going to give you what you need, but also what you want. I'm going to give you until you're satisfied. And then what? وَأُسَرِّحْ And I'm going to give... Sarraha means to release. I'm going to release you. In other words, I recognize that this is not meeting the objective of marriage. See, it's natural that a man would have protective jealousy. However, how does that come off? How is that being understood and interpreted between the two parties? 
there's different types of enclosures. And in fact, subhanAllah, I think a very beautiful quote that I heard recently was what? Marriage is a fortress, not a prison. I'll say that again. Marriage is a fortress, not a prison. See, in a fortress and in a prison, you're, you're enclosed, right? That's the whole concept. But if it feels like a prison, then that's a problem. But if you're in a fortress, you feel great. So subhanAllah, I found that, that, that expression so beautifully encapsulates the idea. And expresses what? I will release you. That's okay. And then what? Sarahan Jamila, a beautiful release. So if there isn't any compatibility, then you have to give her the option to be freed. This is very important. This, in fact, is called Tafwidul Talaq. Tafwidul Talaq means what? Delegating the divorce. From a fiqh perspective, the lesson is what? That although the husband has the authority to divorce in Islam, this verse is teaching us that it is both a command of Allah and the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ to give uh, the divorce to any woman who wants it. You give her the option and therefore not keeping somebody against their will because naturally this is only going to turn into chaos. And yet, you find, and of course you find what? That after this ayah, Allah Ta'ala repeats, or similarly, not, not the exact repetition, but a similar point, instead of being directed to the Prophet ﷺ, now to the believers. Ya amanu, oh you have believed when you marry believing women and then you divorce them before you have touched them, before consummating the marriage. Then there is not for you any waiting period uh, to count concerning them. Then Allah says what? Hunna Same concept here. Then what should you do? You should provide for them and give them a gracious and beautiful release. Do you have the ability to be beautiful at the time of the most tension, the most frustration during the time of divorce? That's what it means to be beautiful. And the fourth example, the fourth context that I'd like to talk about is what? In the context, which we, I'm sure many of us are familiar with, the context of when the sons of Ya'qub, they all conspired together, and they lied about a wolf killing their brother Yusuf, and then they were caught because, of course, they put blood on the shirt, but they didn't rip the shirt. So obviously this showed, this shows us, you know, forensic science, if you will, mashallah, an example of detective work and saying this doesn't make sense, this doesn't add up. And so Ya'qub told them what? Ya'qub said what? Rather your souls have enticed you to something and therefore what? So beautiful patience is most fitting. And subhanAllah what's interesting about this ayah is that you find the exact same wording repeated later on in the surah. Years later when his younger brother bin Yamin he was taken and when they reported to their father he had the exact same response, despite the fact that this time they were actually telling the truth. They told him that Binyamin was taken, and so he says, "What?" Same words. Rather, your souls have enticed you to something, but beautiful patience is more fitting. What are we learning from this ayah, from these two ayat? I'm sure we've all heard of the Aesop's fables, the boy who cried wolf. It's a famous story. Well, we could say that these were the original boys who cried wolf. These are the originals who cried wolf. And the result was the same. They lost all credibility. They cried wolf in the sense of the, that the wolf killed Yusuf And now what do you find? They lost all credibility. Now when they even tell the truth, it's not accepted. Same response. No, I think you're lying again. As the saying goes, Oh, what a tangled web we weave when first we practice to deceive. It's also interesting that when it comes to this word, sabran jamil, there's a final instance in which beautiful patience is mentioned. And again, it's in the context of da'wah. The Prophet ﷺ was being mocked about Judgment Day. The questioner was asking him about this impending punishment. When's this going to happen? And they were asking, 
istihza'an, you know, as mocking, as a joke. So Allah Ta'ala encouraged His Prophet by telling him to have what? Beautiful patience with their mockery. Fasbir sabran jamila. But another possibility, another tafsir of this ayah is that it could be the case that Allah Ta'ala is commanding us to be patient with Judgment Day. Allah Ta'ala describes Judgment Day in saying what? It's going to be a day, the extent of which is 50,000 years. So you have to be patient. So subhanAllah, what is the conclusion that we can draw from these different instances, these four different contexts? Inshallah Ta'ala, hopefully we'll make, we'll bring this all together in the second khutbah. Wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Muhammad wa ala alayhi wa sahbihi wa sallam 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 Bismillah wa alhamdulillah wa salatu wa sallam ala rasulillah. The conclusion, inshallah ta'ala, is quite straightforward. We as believers are supposed to develop what you could call the Qur'anic mentality or the Qur'anic lens. You're supposed to see the world through the Qur'anic lens. What does that mean? Most people, when you think, when you tell them beauty, what do you think of when you say beauty? They think of getting dressed up perhaps for a wedding and then taking selfies of themselves next to a fancy car, something like that. That's usually how what people do, right? Taking pictures of themselves when they look good in some sort of nice or exotic environment. That's what we think of when we think of beauty, unfortunately, many of us. However, when the believer thinks of beauty, because of the Qur'anic influence, because of seeing through the Qur'anic lens, you think of beauty in four contexts. Number one, knowing your purpose in life, and walking away and forgiving those people who only distract from your purpose. As-Safhul Jameel. That's what it means to be beautiful. Let's try to memorize this. Know your purpose and walk away from that which is distracting you. As-Safhul Jameel. Forgive. Let, go, let it go. That's the first type. The second is what? Calling everyone to the truth. Calling everybody to the truth of Islam and then determining, is this person going to benefit so I'll be patient until they worship Allah? Or is this counterproductive, so I'll turn away and personally focus on worshipping Allah myself? Al-Hajr al-Jameel. So you have As-Safh al-Jameel, number one. Number two, Al-Hajr al-Jameel. That's what it means to be beautiful. Point number three. During a divorce, when anger, sadness, disappointment, when these things are at an all-time high, do we have the ability to demonstrate concern and kindness and a generous spirit? As-Sarah al-Jameel. As-Sarah al-Jameel. That's what it means to be a beautiful person. To give a beautiful release. To depart. Maybe there was lots of fighting or crying or dis you know, unfortunate disappointment and so forth. But at least as we're reaching the end, let's finish on a good note. Point number four. When you've been betrayed, maybe by people you love, maybe by your own family members. Or when you've lost loved ones. Or even when your whole world is coming apart. When your whole world is coming to an end, which it will, by the way, can you exercise patience, self-restraint, and composure? As-sabrul jameel. Do you have the ability to remain composed? That's what it means to be a beautiful person. Think of these four different contexts and then contrast it to our vanity, our self-obsessed culture, and what we consider beauty to actually be, unfortunately. SubhanAllah, the Qur'an gives us a completely revolutionized perspective as to what it means to be beautiful. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us beautiful. Ameen, Ya Rabbil Alameen.